everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm wonderful, but I would love to clarify that this podcast does not support bird murder, even if you're going to blame those sites. I mean, what happens? What about chicken? I eat chicken a lot. Well, you're not the one murdering the chicken, so. Oh, that's, yeah. so it's okay. All right, cool. Awesome. Good. We have, we've, that moral conundrum is solved. Uh, we are not alone. Today we are joined by friend of the show, Andrew Bloom from andrewblog.net. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing very well, Robbie, and thank you guys for having me back, despite my numerous lengthy Twitter rants against the mustache comb industrial complex. <laughs> well, we understand. They're bastards. Oh, Matt, come on. They, I have, a, are you, I have a mustache, and sometimes I need to comb it. Mm-hmm. You're a slave to the system, Robbie. That's accurate. Egg Council got to you, too. Uh, we are br- <laughs> we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Encourage you guys to please check it out if you haven't. Uh, helps uh, keep the lights on. We appreciate all our supporters. Uh, we can move on. This week's episode it is Bart the Mother, episode 5F22, originally aired September 27th, 1998, written by David X. Cohen. Uh, officially well, no what did he used to be then David S. Cohen well I was just saying you said he's an ex Cohen so oh, he was before he was uh, Matt you're funny <laughs> you're, they you're, with the jokes the over here what was that Andrew <laughs> they kicked him out of the priesthood uh, I guess that's yeah this is his last episode this is his last Simpsons episode before he moved to Futurama uh, and made that <laughs> helped make that show uh, the episode is directed by Stephen Dean Moore. Let's see, finished fifty eighth in the ratings. Uh, Nielsen rating of four seven point four, translating to seven uh, seven million three hundred fifty five thousand six hundred households. That's very specific uh, data I've managed to find this week. Do not have any information about where it finished in the Fox scale. So I'll say on the yes, let's say third behind Ally McBeal and King of the Hill. That's Makes just, sense. That's just me spitballing. Single uh, female lawyer seems appropriate yeah, for single, exactly. David X. Cohen's hangouts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the couch gag. Two firemen hold the couch uh, as if it were a safety net. Uh, the family falls and lands safely on it, except for Homer, who falls through the floor. It's all right. Well, he deserved it, I'm assuming. What? Not Homer. Oh, Homer deserves pain. Stupidity Especially ignorance will get you pain. Oh, Matt, that's so mean. He's a nice guy in this episode for the most part, right? That's true, actually. We, we don't have jerk homer. We don't have a slightly mean homer. We, we have nice homer. We have bumbling, <laughs> bumbling homer in this one, really. Also I, disinterested I think, homer. <laughs> I think Matt's getting ready to host his own Japanese game show. <laughs> Maybe. That's what I do in my spare time, my voluminous spare time. I don't think Matt should be. I'm. Work on work on your games game show design, Matt. I want to know what it is. Okay. Uh, this episode, I'll, I'll workshop it. This episode guest stars Phil Hartman as Troy McClure. Uh, this is la- Troy McClure's last appearance on the show, and Phil Hartman's last appearance. Well, I guess it's not Troy McClure's last appearance. He shows up, but he know he know this is his last speaking appearance. His last appearance of Phil Hartman, who had passed away or was murdered, I guess, four months prior uh, in 1998. Very sad. It's a very sad thing. Very sad. It's, you, it, it's hard not to wonder if the show could have been better. Maybe not in its same greatness, but if there wasn't some essential ingredient missing once Phil Hartman was no longer with us. I mean, I think it is another. I think we've talked, Matt and I have talked about this in 
a bonus episode, I think, um, for a Patreon is it's not. I don't think is all. It's death from a thousand cuts. I think is the leads to at least the downturn in the Simpsons that we are about to see. I think it is a, a lot of <laughs> we are things. experiencing firsthand. Yeah, I think it's a lot of things. It's not just one, but I think Phil Hartman's death is one of them. And I, you know, we, I, we literally like this is uh, David X. Cohen's last episode. Like all, you know, you, you eventually attrition, attrition help, hits you. You know, you lose enough people, show can't stay the same. Um, episode begins with a mail call from Homer. He has exactly one piece of mail for Marge. Actually, I guess it's for resident, not not Marge. <laughs> that's her. That's, no, no, no. That is it Marge. Has to, it has to be addressed to her. It is. It is. It, I mean, it is addressed to her address, and she lives at the house. She is the resident, a resident. That's true, but it's not really addressed to resident because it ha- to to complete the illusion of actually, you know, involving her kids. It has to be addressed to her. It is a scam contained therein. It is a uh, uh, a. I don't know if you guys have ever been a part of these scams as children i 100 percent got this letter when i was a kid or i guess my mom did yes i yeah. was i i had a a slight variation on this uh letter as a kid it was your your i i believe your poetry or your your something you wrote can be put in a book if you pay for the cost of the book or whatever it is and but but the cost was always much more than the book would actually cost. Yes, exactly. And I I have a I, my mother owns a book somewhere that has a, a poem that I wrote about lizards. Yeah, oh, lizards. Very appropriate. I, I I exactly very appropriate. Uh, so Marge is a she's a, I believe she says she has a nose for scams, but sees no such thing. Uh, Lisa's the only one who points it out, but Bart stops her because they want the reward for being put in this nice valuable list of people who are in this book with thousands of other children and marge is a smart the... sophisticated woman uh, of course she is and she would never fall for such a thing uh we and, and this is all just an excuse uh to get the plot rolling and so the reward is to go to the family fun center which has uh go-karts an arcade batting cages Usual family fun center stuff. Mini golf, probably. Kids out the back smoking. Yeah, that all that all those things. <laughs> I don't. I you go to Orlando. There's about a million of them. Uh, I think every city has the, the little tiny. Hey, spend too much money on on stuff that's broken. Basically, that's, broken. What are you talking about, Robbie? They were always in perfect working order when I went. I remembered being in a go kart that the steering only went to one direction. Wow. Was it the right direction? Like, was it a circular track and you could only turn right or left? Yeah. most. I mean, it's not, it wasn't like perfect. It was like, I could either go straight or I could go right. So there was no like correcting. Okay. I I don't know. It's just my experience at fun centers is stay at the arcade and play with the broken arcade machines. Don't try and get in the go-karts. We see Homer's, Homer is like, Super excited for this, even though he hates driving. He loves go-karts. Homer, the child, per- perpetual child. I'd say it's a good reversal gag of Homer being sick of driving in the car, but excited to get in the go-karts. It's a nice little it is. little twist. It, I mean, that well, is... Plus, his... to be fair, driving in a go-kart is very different from driving a car. Driving a car, there's all kinds of rules, and, you know, you have to stop in places. Whereas a go-kart, you can do whatever you want. You can bang into people like crazy. Um, no, not how I drive my car. 
I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Matt. Uh, Marge is the lone person who is just driving calm. I mean, I'm kind of impressed that Marge got in the go-karts at all, frankly. Like, I would not expect necessarily for Marge to participate in the go-karts, but she does. She just drives very carefully, very nicely, calm in the center of the track, very slowly. Uh, everyone else is rubbing and, rubbing and racing. Um <laughs> Rubbin is racing, Robbie. Didn't you know that? I I know, I know precisely. I'm I am from the, the south. Of a new romance novel coming, Andrew. <laughs> I hate to break this to you, but there is already a. It is a genre. The romance, the racing romance. Uh, really? Genre of there are many novels of race car drivers romancing uh, lovely ladies for various reasons. Their love wasn't the only reasons. thing that was moving too fast. Uh, so uh we see nelson there we see millhouse there uh gives us a little bit of uh context uh nelson is being a bully to millhouse because of course he is marge uh marge witnesses him being a bully and i think that's important like it's important to mention because i think it gives context to her her reaction to, to nelson later on as we cut to the arcade where all the uh the kids are playing the 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 machines. Homer is at the batting cage. Stand back and watch the pro. Uh, shouldn't you put on a batting helmet? Nah, they messed up my hair. <coughs> Ooh, ball one. Ball two. <laughs> this bozo's gonna walk me. Hey! You're going down, you go! You bug! Hey, you thank you! You better go! I'm gonna go! If you do die! Hang in there, Dad! Just half a basket left! Wow, you sure get a lot of balls for a quarter. Alright. Andrew, you wrote a review for this. For Bart the Mother. And you mentioned in it that you don't like you think this goes overboard. This the the the, the batting cage. <laughs> I got to admit, it's a little bit too much for me. Like, I think I liked it for about the first half, and then it just sort of became like, okay, there's no way that a pitching machine would continue aiming at him that way, which I, I realize is a pretty churlish complaint for a show that this silly. But it it seemed like a, yeah, we're just going to beat up Homer for no good reason kind of comedy skit. Well, because he's a, he's a jerk. This, this is the one I, part of the episode where Homer is just being a jerk for no reason. He's like, oh, I'm going to beat up the machine because I stepped in front of the plane. Because I don't know if you guys have ever been to a batting cage. They throw it over the plate every single time. That's that's kind of the point of them is, is to get you started yeah, on something easy. It doesn't make sense that it like follows him and hits him in the groin, and then he's laying on the ground. Like I don't, I don't. Oh, uh, it doesn't make sense that he is I, getting I think, mad at it because I, he cried I, at the plate. I think you guys are. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to I, who Homer is. I feel like this is That's a, true. I feel like this is a good discussion. We should just continue this for another hour about batting <laughs> fake this fake uh, uh, pitching machine. I uh, this is a pitching machine podcast, right? Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, I like. I agree with you, Andrew. I do like it for the first half, and then the latter half, I love it. So I, I that's where we differ. <laughs> I am... yeah, that's true. It's right about the time where it starts aiming down, and it becomes completely impossible that I start to like it the most. When it starts, when he starts getting rolled, slight, slowly rolled yeah. by every impact, <laughs> is when I start. I, I just, 
it's in episodes like this where Homer is not carrying the plot, where he is literally just a punching bag for the entire episode almost. I still laugh. I laugh. I can't help it. And it's because I think it's like when it's like this very kind of when it's not him falling off a mountain, like it's much easier for me to laugh at it because it's just like a pitching machine. It's not going to that's not going to hurt him that bad. He has a Homer Simpson syndrome. He has a helmet on inside of his head. He's fine. I'm more the worried. Rest of his body is covered in uh, layer after layer of disgusting flab. Yeah, I know he's been he's absorbed like cannonballs before, so I can't really be wor- too worried about him being hit by baseballs. I'm also way more concerned about him falling down the stairs with bowling balls uh, later on versus the yeah. the, the, the baseballs. You gotta put away your bowling balls. <laughs> I keep them in the basement. So <laughs> we we're bouncing around the phone center, and finally we get to the to the kids, the arcade. They're cashing in their tickets. Uh, Bart and Lisa both, of course, have a paltry almost nothing. Well, Nelson has 8000 that he stole. Uh, and here comes the plot. Nelson gets a BB gun. Okay, what can I get for 12? Count them 12 prize tickets. Two thumbtacks and a mustache comb. Or five rubber bands and an ice cube. What can I get for 8000 tickets? A BB gun or an easy-bake oven. Hmm, hot food is tempting. But I just can't say no to a weapon. <gasps> Whoa, can I try that sometime? Yeah, sure. Never hurts to have a second set of prints on a gun. Wow, thanks, Nelson. I'll come by your house later. Oh, no, you won't. You stay away from Nelson months. But, Mom... Nelson's a troubled, lonely, sad little boy. He needs to be isolated from everyone. But, Mom... Yes? That's all I got. So what prize did you end up getting? Mustache comb. What'd you get? Fake mustache. Want to comb it? Ugh, this sucks. It's time to punch out of this yawn factory. I'm going to Nelson's. But Mom said not to. She doesn't scare me. I do what I want, when I want. Oh, God, inchworms. Won't you get in trouble if your mom sees you doing that? Nah, my mom's got bigger problems. She doesn't give a crap what I do. Wow, you are so lucky. Come on, let's lock and load. You're not going out without a scarf, are you? Nah, I don't need one. It's your health. It's your health, guys. It's true. Scars are so very, very important when it doesn't appear to be any coal out at all. <laughs> this might be. I a... never leave the house scarfless. There might be I'm a not breeze. A like that. I know. Um, Nelson is. I. I don't know. I like how Nelson is portrayed in this a lot. He's this. He. <laughs> this sad little boy, as Marge says, who needs to be isolated, and loves. Can't, hard to turn down a hot meal, but also, how do I say no to a weapon? The, also, I just kind of want to point out that uh, BB guns don't really kill things very well. Uh, maybe a bird? I, I would still try to find that hard to believe. Uh, I mean, this doesn't appear to be a CO2 canister-based BB gun. It appears to be a pump BB gun, and they only pump it like maybe once or twice per shot. So I doubt it would even go far enough to hit the bird. <laughs> just pointing that out, just be my usual pedantic self, and now we can move on. See, between the pitching machine and the BB gun, I... I... I think it's pretty clear that David S. Cohen left the show because he was fired for these blunders. <laughs> yes, the physicist <laughs> left the show because of his physics blunders. I mean, look, if he can't figure out how a BB gun works, he's a pretty terrible physicist, am I right? That's accurate. Uh, okay, so the BB gun that Nelson has, <laughs> that I've, I have, I've, I've owned a BB gun that was pump action, I was, it would definitely have killed small animals if I shot them in the head. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. 
it was powerful enough. Did you own a BB gun as a, as a young boy, Matt? I did. Uh, I had the, uh, the CO2 powered one I mentioned. Uh, took little canisters and stuff. And uh, that uh, that one you didn't have to pump at all. You just shot a whole bunch, and that one would definitely hurt you very much. Yeah, rich rich kid painful. over here with a CO2 canisters. I see how it is. Fancy yeah, boy, our BB gun. <laughs> my father sweat for my BB gun. Uh, I it's it is a, a, a nice, I guess a, a a juxtaposition here. We get the comparison point of Bart and Nelson, and. You know, Nelson is on his own. His parents are, I guess, his, his dad is in jail. Nowhere to be found. <laughs> well, his dad's in jail. He needs bail money. Uh, his or mother left. I can't remember. Oh, yes, yeah, right. This, this is after his dad came back from going to the store and getting cigarettes and never we, coming back. We or... can't. We can't. Don't try, Matt. You can't. He needs bail money in this episode. I can't say when or when or if it's after or before he went to get cigarettes or during or. The month's family timeline. I, I, yeah, who, there's it's very the weird. Simpsons is a flat circle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but his mom's gone, and he can do whatever he wants, whatever he wants. While and and which is uh, what Bart espouses as he's you know leaving the house and doing ex- ex- exactly against uh, Marge's orders. Really, you know, explicitly she says, "Don't go to Nelson's house." He goes to Nelson's house. Uh, he wants that freedom. Um, they are shooting stuff with a BB gun, the including the was it the shooting car? It's true. It's not paid for. Only three more payments and it's theirs. I it's apparently like a 1970 Camaro is what the uh, news group car guy says. Well, they were all over that. Yeah, it's important details. I I wish I had a shooting car as a kid. Honestly, I just shot it a big piece of wood. It does feel like something that would be fun to shoot at. I Don't mean, they have like? Anger rooms now, like, isn't that a thing where you can go and smash cars and boom boxes and things like that to get out your frustrations and anger? See I know you could you could fold this into that. I know that in Vegas they you go out. Well, I mean, not in Vegas; it's outside the city limits. But around Vegas, you can go to places and like they'll like here destroy this car with a grenade launcher or something along those lines for a lot of money. If you'd like, now that sound like fun. Shoot a fifty caliber rifle. Uh, the bullets cost a hundred dollars a piece. Shoot them at this car. <laughs> Nelson's future we, career. So they're shooting, and they see a bird, a distant bird, and Nelson wants Bart to shoot the bird to prove himself. Bart doesn't want to. He's kind of hesitant, and then Nelson starts uh, making fun of him, and Bart takes aim. Bet you can't hit that bird from here. Are you crazy? I don't want to shoot a stupid bird. That's because you know you can't. You're not a super stud like me. Am too. Or not. You're an octawussy. Whoa, look at me. I'm Bart Simpson. I'm scared to use a gun. I want to marry Millhouse. I walk around like this. La, 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 la. Hey, quit it. Hmm. God. Whoa! Major oh. shot! You even compensated for the crooked sight! Crooked sight? You are one cold-blooded killer, dude! But, but, I wasn't... I didn't... Right through the neck! Doesn't get any sweeter than that, Simpson! 
savor the moment. This is really well constructed. I I, I like it, like they really do a great job in this episode of really balancing Bart's moral conundrum, his quandary. It's very like he is he doesn't even try to kill the bird. He tries to miss the bird. You know, it is not the it's not even his intention is just to fire. It is not to actually hit anything. But it's you know, whenever you fire a weapon, you have the chance of 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 killing something. And it's something that Bart really doesn't take into account because he's 10. And he has Nelson goading him then. He has Nelson saying, oh, you're going to marry Milhouse. And I like like this, that little tiny bit of Nelson. Like, you know, it is very schoolyard boy equating masculinity to violence. And Bart is challenged by it and ultimately defeated by it, mostly. Like, he he takes up the weapon and he shoots. uh, And... He doesn't mean to kill the bird, but he kills the bird nonetheless. It's true. Uh, that's Bart for you, though. I mean, he, he he talks a big game, and he wants to be seen as worthy of respect, but he doesn't really have it in him to do what it takes a lot of the time if it comes down to violence. Well, what, I, what I really like about the, this scene and how it's constructed in the episode is that you need, for the plot to work, Bart to do something so bad that, A, he feels meaningful guilt from it, and B, it's enough for Marge to kind of throw up her hands and almost give up. But you also need it to be something where you still have the audience on Bart's side. You still feel for him and believe in him. And so I, I think you know, killing an animal fits the bill in terms of something bad enough that it would kind of shock Marge and really get to Bart. But they set this up with Milhouse where he goads him and they set it up with Bart where he doesn't try to shoot the bird. That you still feel like Bart's a good kid. That this isn't something he wanted to do. It just kind of happened in its way. And with that's that, true. We had the episode oh. where, where Bart shoplifted. Uh, and that's it, it's very analogous to this because after Bart gets caught shoplifting, uh, Marge kind of backs off from him. She doesn't like straight on give up. Uh, so this is a nice escalation from that. It's, it's basically the next step where Marge is literally like – I can't do this anymore. I'm just, I'm done with you. It's the, it is the, uh, I think the comparisons to Barge Be Not Proud are very, very are easy. It's an easy reference point right there. But I feel like this episode does a good job of distancing itself and separating itself from that episode and doing something different, just enough different that it's not really the same. It is a, it is a Bart and Marge, sort of Marge episode, I guess. It's mostly really Bart with Marge adjacent, but it is it has the same kind of attitude of Bart trying to live up and and I don't know uh, protect his mother's belief in him almost like I I feel like it is I think he does a better they get to closer to him truly understanding Marge in this than in that episode and in that episode it's more like just trying to live up to a certain level of expectation she has for her son in this it is more about I don't know understanding being a mother and at the same time I think. Uh, Marge Be Not Proud is kind of about whether Bart is a kid or whether he's starting to be a preteen and have preteen problems. Whereas this is much more, is Bart a good kid or is Bart a bad kid? And I think Marge is worried that he's a bad kid, that he's going to turn out like Nelson. Not that Nelson's a bad kid, but that like he's going to have the behaviors that Marge finds reprehensible, that, that he could do anything like this. But she finds and Bart finds that he's not that kid, that he doesn't have it in him. And even when Marge feels it the most at the end of her rope, she finds that Bart's good at heart. I think Nelson is a bad kid. I think it's okay to say that. 
yeah, it's not his fault that he's a bad kid, but he's a bad kid. <laughs> Mostly. Depends on the episode, really. Uh, with that, we go, to, we go to commercial. And when we come back, we're back at the Simpsons house uh, where the family is folding laundry. Uh, Homer attempts to help poorly. Uh, he, he tries to fold his own underwear, which turns out to be gigantic. So he decides he needs Bart's help. Uh, this is when they discover, to their shock, Bart is gone. Uh, Lisa attempts to cover for him, but uh, it... She basically tells him that uh, Bart is at uh, Millhouse. She thinks she she very astutely covers her butt. Essentially, uh, Homer, however, went to the uh, you know the old people's uh, school of shouting, so he just opens the window and shouts as loud as he can to Millhouse, who I guess lives close enough that he could hear Homer, uh, who then yells back that uh, Bart is actually at Nelson's. Uh, at this point, Marge goes crazy almost uh, with rage sure. and. Uh, can we can we stop and acknowledge that Homer doesn't know who Nelson is? I mean, I'm at this point. I'm pretty sure Homer barely knows who Milhouse was. <laughs> and I think that is one. I mean, I think you don't have to be Homer to not know. My father, I guarantee you, he probably knew exactly one person that I was friends with, like my best friend throughout childhood. He knew that kid, and every other kid was like, <laughs> you know, that the what other guy, the kid with glasses, you know him. Yeah, and like yeah, you know you know the one yeah my dad's the white kid with the mop of hair yeah, yeah that guy that, that i'm yeah is he coming over oh okay that's like my dad doesn't i so like i don't i fully believe that homer knows millhouse only because he's used millhouse as the butt of like 18 jokes and that's yeah, I, I guess that's he had true. the the dad quiz where he could only he couldn't give a name just a vague description so i suppose this is in keeping with homer's knowledge of bart's friends and acquaintances mm-hmm. the weenie kid has always got his hands in his pockets that's how he thinks of millhouse <laughs> Such a great description of Millhouse. He's the dud. It really is. Yes, he is. <laughs> Looks just like you, Point Dexter. So poor Millhouse. Poor Millhouse. Poor Millhouse. Doesn't have much time in this uh, one either. No, no. Luckily, uh, in this case, uh, Millhouse is only in it for a few minutes, so he can't be the butt of too many jokes. Uh, but uh, when Marge gets very angry, she leaves Homer uh, in charge while she's gone. Nelson. I explicitly forbade Bart from playing with that little monster. Oh, Bart is in deep, deep trouble. Oh, yes, and punish Lisa for lying to us. All right, young lady. I want you to march yourself directly to the Quickie Mart and get me some chips and a beer. Get a little something for yourself, sweetheart. <laughs> yes, Homer <laughs> is such a strict parent. Uh, go ahead and get something for yourself while you're getting me chips and a beer. Does Yeah, as a, and Apu just sells Lisa beer. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, he like, knows hey, where it's she's, going. She's getting it for dad. I guess that's fair. Is, it, is the the deep, deep trouble reference a, uh, or is that a reference to Bart's woebegotten music video back in the day? Or is that just a, a generic phrase she was using? I believe it would be the first time they've ever used it in the show. And it's 10 seasons too late <laughs> for it to be referred to be like, I it, I I don't. They, they reference to the Bart man. They do, but it's a joke. I'm not sure if they actually. If this is an honest reference, or is it just a coincidence? I'm not sure. It's hard to say. Believe in my heart. You have to believe. Uh, also, Lisa's not a snitch. Like what? What? She all she, she doesn't snitch on her brother, so she gets punished. That's well, yeah. And she even said, "Well, I don't know. What could it be?" Is, I what, mean, he what, could be at Nelson's. I think he's at Millhouse's. What is this, a panopticon? We gotta, like, we gotta, like, in, <laughs> in, enforce in, enforce people, like, just because they might be lying, they have to be, like, I'm full, like, Lisa didn't do anything. She didn't snitch. There's nothing wrong with that. Snitches get stitches. 
That's right. They do. Large justice is swift but fair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair. We'll go with fair, sure. Uh, anyway, uh, at this point, we go back to uh, Bart and Nelson, uh, who are hanging out with... Uh, Nelson is examining the kill and basically appreciating uh, Bart's ruthlessness. Uh, Bart, however, is incredibly distraught. Uh, like we discussed, he did not intend to kill them. He was actively trying not to. It's just a weird quirk of the weapon he happened to be holding. Uh, and hopefully Bart takes this as an opportunity to understand how weapons work. Uh, they can kill somebody, even when you're not trying to. Uh, but uh, Bart has a nice little vision of the consequences of his actions. Hey, leave it alone! Okay, okay, don't kill me, killer! Don't call me that! Relax, Simpson, it was either him or you. No court would convict you. Bart Simpson, do you know why you've been summoned before this tribunal? Yes, sir, because I killed an innocent bird. (gasps) Dear Lord, we just wanted you to put fresh newspaper on the tribunal floor! We're knee-deep in our own droppings. It's disgusting. But since you've confessed to bird slaughter, we have no choice but to peck your face off. No, not the face! Ow, what are you doing? I got bored, so I started slapping you. Yep, that's what Nelson does when he's <laughs> bored. Also, a uh, a great reference to the Simpson family crest or motto, not in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if that's happened yet or will happen in the future, but I remember Lisa saying that. I don't no, not in uh, the mouth is what they'll say. <laughs> exactly. It's just like that. Uh, but at this point, uh, Marge arrives, and she is incredibly furious. Uh, she tells Bart to immediately get in the vehicle that she's going to take him away. Uh, however, she says this in kind of a general way, so Nelson thinks that he is being taken, uh, to which Marge repo- basically says, hell no, I'm never taking you anywhere, you little monster. Because Marge has a real hate on for Nelson in this episode, like, really bad. I mean, she is, he is her worst fear about for Bart. I, I mean, I think that's, that. that is what Nelson does in this episode. It is... What's the worst thing that could happen to Bart is, oh, he becomes Nelson. He becomes this unrepentant bully who doesn't pay attention to his parents, doesn't worry about anything but whatever he, whatever his whim is at the moment. And I think that's a lot of her. I mean, he, Nelson disappears basically after this scene. You know, he's not really around after this. I think it is, he's only there to remind us, like, remind us. That to Marge, that Bart could be worse. That yeah, Bart could be way worse, and Marge sees that, and you know, as a, we kind of see, she is totally she's worried about Bart becoming a monster, and that's what Nelson. She's is. worried about his immortal soul. I want to know. I don't know about soul. I think she's more worried about like life, his life on Earth first, and then soul second. At some point, not really a lot of church in this. That's true. Um but at this point, uh, Bart is obviously guilty. Like Marge is super mad at him, but somehow cannot see how, you know, ashamed of his actions uh, that he is. Uh, Marge takes, uh, she, she actually leaves Bart uh, with Nelson uh, to, you know, think about what he's done because she's basically given up at this point. She she washes her hands of him uh, and then leaves and just drives off. Says Bart, you can come home whenever you're ready to, you know, do whatever. Uh, in she, the meantime. She says- have fun killing things, which is such a a tough thing to hear. Like, it's a really tough kiss-off. I think that's probably the hardest emotional moment in the whole episode, is her just sort of writing him off with that line in a way. I mean, it's... It's true. 
this whole scene is, I mean, like, it's one of the hardest things to watch in the show, like, I would say in the entire show, like, of, of like, of, of fa- the family fighting amongst themselves, having a problem, like, it is watching Bart be ashamed, trying to hide the corpse of this bird, Marge finding it, see- realizing that he was the one who did it, and then, like, dis- just dismissing him, like, almost entirely, It's and it's like... After, I think it builds on our knowledge of their relationship, of of her unerring faith, of her unerring belief in Bart, even as he misbehaves and causes trouble, gets suspended, or like the the dozens, if not hundreds, of things he's done. She always believes in him, always loves her little guy, and then like you get this, and it's just like it's like a punch to the gut. It's really. Pu- brutal it's very, like it's like legitimately like uh, makes me feel bad inside like i'm not i'm like i feel like i'm bart i feel like I, marge is yelling at me it's hard it's true because i think all of our moms have basically said that i give up on you line at one point or another whether or not they actually meant it uh i, I feel like this episode is trying to draw a very strict line between the type of person that bart is and the type of person that nelson is bart is the kind who who enjoys pushing the limits uh and that's really where it stops for him. All all he wants to do is just, you know, see how far he can get. Uh, whereas Nelson is more likely to actually, Bart will grow out of this, or at least, you know, is never violent about it. Nelson will not. This is probably who Nelson is going to be for the rest of his life, which is sad, but it's just the way the situation is for some of these people sometimes. Some which of is... these people... What are, you, what are you talking about, Matt? Nelson is going to be a respectable uh, construction worker. Used car dealer, right? No, Bart's the construction worker. I'm pretty sure Nelson is the... Uh, uh, hey, is the... Bart's... He's, he's going to be a Vegas grenade launcher, right? Bart, Yeah, exactly. Bart is... Bart's future is also... Depending on which... which What future episodes you consider canon, uh, Bart's future is not necessarily <laughs> also... Uh, pure or good he may be a supreme court justice he may be unemployed who just uh, mooches off his sister it's hard to say that's true but he's never like hurting anybody i mean nelson gets sherry and terry pregnant and skips out on him that's pretty much worse than list delivering i don't i don't that's not part of my future for nelson nelson every single kid in springfield grows up and has a decent life all right none of them have bad lives all of them are perfectly content well, and to that point, like this, the kind of sad thing about this is that you get the sense that Bart and Nelson have a lot of the same impulses. The difference is that Bart had somebody like Marge in his life to set limits that Bart internalized. And you see that like when Bart shoots that bird, he realizes that he crossed the line and Nelson has never had those kind of boundaries and so doesn't have the same internalized sense of when things have gone too far. And you worry about how how Nelson is going to turn out and how his life could have been different if he'd had a march in his life. Uh, Bart is extremely upset when he learns that the bird has eggs, but he's got a plan. Oh my god. Hi, little eggs. I'm not sure how to tell you this, but your, your mom was involved in an incident. Mistakes were made by me. But don't worry. I'll take care of you. I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such nature films as Earwigs, Ooh, and Man vs. Nature, The Road to Victory. 
In all the animal kingdom, no mother is more devoted than the blue jay. Valuing her eggs above even her own life, the mother bird bravely fights off such fearsome predators as the badger and the mongoose. Of course, one thing Mother Blue Jay can't defend against is a set of steel tongs. Eggs, precious eggs. If they're to survive, they require the gentle warmth and tender love that only a mother can provide. Or better yet, a 75-watt bulb. Oh, hello. In a few days, our eggs will hatch into nestlings like these over here. They look awfully hungry, Mr. McClure. They sure are, Billy. In nature, their mother would regurgitate food for them to eat. That's gross. <laughs> it sure is, Billy. It sure is. What a wonderful ending. That sure is gross. <laughs> it's also great that a 75-watt bulb is a much better mother than an actual bird. <laughs> I don't know how the bulb plans to feed them, but hey, the bulb out, I guess. The bulb can't be defeated by steel tongs, man. <laughs> That's true. The bulb is just tougher, you know. The, yeah. the bulb is the nanny. I, I would watch a matchup between mongoose and light bulb. Hmm, that'd be a good one. I, I would definitely see that. It's Ricky Tiki Tommy I... two. <laughs> would it be an just... LED bulb or an actual incandescent? Oh, come on, incandescent. You guys, <laughs> you guys save the L, L, you save the LED for the threequel. <laughs> All right, we're gonna move right past that and. Well, this... So there, there's two things that I really like about the, the scene with Bart before the instructional video, which is itself great and a fitting end for uh, Troy McClure speaking on the show. Uh, and one is the I love the line, like, your mother was involved in an incident. Mistakes were made by me. Like, it's a really good way to show Bart initially trying to shift blame, if only in his mind, but slowly accepting it. It's also a really good line read from Nancy Cartwright. Like she puts a lot of emotion into him talking to those eggs and coming to terms with what he did. It's really well done. It's true. It's one of those things where if you can get someone to admit what they've done, uh, even just to themselves in a quiet room, it allows them to move past it. And like you said, uh, Nancy Cartwright does a great job of showing us that with Bart's voice. I mean, it, it's really tough for a, a seasoned actor to do that when you can actually see them, but to do it just with a tone of voice is is pretty impressive in this case. This is one of her uh, favorite episodes. It's along with uh, Bart Sells a Soul and Lisa Substitute. She puts, nice. She puts this, definitely as, believe that. Puts this one of, as one of her favorites. So you can you can see it. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's funny. Uh, I, I probably went this more at the end, but uh, I remember not liking this episode, but rewatching it now, I can't remember why I didn't like it because this episode so far is great. <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll get to that more at the end. <laughs> um, Bart, uh, having watched this video and now having full knowledge of what it takes uh, to, to take care of baby birds, uh, uses uh, Marge's good gray extension cord and another extension cord and just, you know, runs it across the doorway, down through some water, up into his treehouse, and then borrows a 75-watt bulb from the basement, uh, which is it's not at all dangerous, of course. There's no way that I can backfire on him. And everything went well from that point on. It's Especially true. for uh, Homer. Yep. Homer does not Oh, doesn't. poor Homer. I, I laugh every every bar Homer every again. time Homer falls down every, the stairs. Every time Homer falls down the stairs, I laughed. I laughed with, I laughed one, two, and three. It doesn't it 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 does Homer is uh, a a really I like this A plot is very emotionally tense for a lot of it. You know, there's a lot the the, the stakes uh for Bart's and Marge's relationship is relatively high. It seems. And so Homer is the comic relief. Homer is the stuff that is easing the tension 
and he does it by hurting himself, basically. <laughs> uh, and it's funny. I like it every time. It's perfect. Bowling balls go in the basement. Yep, bowling balls go in the basement. That way you have to lug them up and down every time. That makes total sense. I guess we do see anyway. him bring them out of the basement in Homer versus the 18th Amendment, so maybe he just got used to keeping them down there. That's true. I wonder if they're still filled with booze. They were. <laughs> That's true. That's why he's putting them <laughs> back. They're like, well, here, here's my bowling flasks. I got to put those back. <laughs> Uh, Bart, of course, uh, gets very attached to these, uh, you know, eggs very quickly. He, he gives them names before they even hatched. Uh, there's Trippy Boy and Bart Jr. Uh, great names. Uh, the exact kind of names a 10-year-old would give them. Uh, we then get a, a wonderful montage of Bart trying to take care of the eggs and keep it secret. Uh, he, you know, keeps water off of them. He he's basically has a vigil over them, essentially. He, he will not let them alone, which is probably a good thing because he didn't set up a very good environment for them. A fully enclosed box might have been better, but hey, he's a 10-year-old. He works with what he has. Uh, Marge, however, cannot leave it alone. Uh, while she said that she gave up on Bart, Marge is never one to give up on pretty much anything. Uh, she paces around the kitchen and, and can't stand uh, the fact that Bart is up in the treehouse so much. Uh, Homer is, of course, no help, uh, but uh, eventually it just... It, it eggs her on to the point where she has to go out and see what's going on. What do you I think he's it. doing up there? Oh, drug lab? Drug lab? We're reading comic books. What am I, Kreskin? You tell me what he's doing. I don't know, and I don't want to know. And I'm going to find out. Oh, my good gray extension cord. Mm. Oh, no. I gotta keep these warm. Bart? Stop whatever you're doing and come down here. Can't right now. Come back later. Oh, I'll come back later. <laughs> How's this for later? Mom, listen. Why are you sitting like that? What are you hiding this time? <laughs> Eggs? That bird I killed was their mother. I don't want her babies to die, too. <laughs> oh, oh, honey. Oh, come here. Oh, my goodness. Look. <gasps> so, yes, the look uh, is the eggs are starting to hatch. Uh, now, now that Marge and Bart have reconciled their differences, uh, the eggs start to tremble, but they, they don't uh, hatch quite uh, right away, uh, which is realistic because that's kind of how things go. You can, you can see the things moving around inside the eggs uh, of many species uh, before they actually start to break out of their eggs. Uh, so they take the eggs inside. Uh, Homer says that this is the most exciting thing since Haley's Comet collided with the moon. I'm not sure when that happened. I must have been absent that day for history class. <laughs> uh, uh, Lisa tries to correct Homer, but uh, Homer knows everything because you know that's 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 Homer's job in this episode is, is the comic relief essentially. Uh, rather than use a 75 watt bulb, uh, Marge is baking pies, and as soon as the pie gets cool, uh, Homer eats the pie which is the best job ever. I don't know if you guys know that, but eating pie that has just just lost its its perfect warmth, that's that's when pie is the best. So, you know, Homer's got the good job there. What? The, the Goldilocks zone of pie? Exactly. Right right after it becomes too cool to heat up a bird's nest. It's the perfect temperature. What? Why? What is your perfect temperature of pie, Robbie? I I, I think halfway through being tired of too too I like warm pie. I like warm pie, but not hot pie. And really, cold pie is better than both. What? 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 what kind of maniac are you, Matt? Cold All pie? All desserts are better cold, Robbie. Come on. 
you're some psychopath. Sweet should not be hot. I would not. I only like really, hot pie when he's making bread for Arya Stark. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Thank you. You're. You guys are monsters. That's accurate. I mean, I've been told that a lot, mostly by my wife. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we also find out at this point an interesting little fact that Bart's birth took 53 hours, where for Homer it just flew by. Uh, I believe Marge's recollection is slightly different about that, which that is a long labor period. 53 hours is crazy. Uh, I feel like I feel sad that we're all guys. We probably don't know that much. Andrew, do you have kids? I do not. I have a very needy cat. Okay, it's practically the same thing. So there's really, hopefully there's no labor involved uh, with being the cat. <laughs> Matt, cats and people are not the same. I know. That's why. Never mind, Robbie. Never mind. I, I actually Thank got you. mine after a very questionable production of the show Cats. Uh, okay, you guys. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Gonna... I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've created a lot of Robbie size in this episode, Matt. Isn't it great, <laughs> Andrew? You, you, we have a good synergy in creating Robbie size. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll move past it just for Robbie. Uh, eventually, the eggs do hatch, and it turns out they're not birds. They're lizards. Surprise and commercial. <laughs> oh, surprise. Um, so uh, we come back, and it's it, it, we jump right back where we, are, where we were when we left. Uh, the, the eggs have just hatched, and they obviously are not lizards, Matt. Obviously, they're birds. Man, those are some funky-looking birds. Oh, <laughs> oh, you look like a little tiny dinosaur. <laughs> Get out! There's one vicious baby bird. Dad, they aren't birds. Sure they are. They came from eggs in a bird's nest. Therefore, they're birds. Ixo, fatso. One, they don't have beaks. Two, they don't have feathers. And three, they're lizards. You're a lizard. Enough bickering. I know how to settle this. No kickboxing. Oh, if anybody wants me, I'll be eating alone in the basement. <laughs> also, how was kickboxing going to solve that exactly? Both sides would kickbox, and whoever won was right. Who? Yeah. Oh, but... so it's like trial by combat. Hmm. Yeah. Have you not seen Bloodsport, Matt? Come on. It's been a long time. I apologize. It's kick kickboxing and splits. That's how you solve all problems. <laughs> Bloodsport taught me that. And then that's why JVCD is the world's greatest detective. Exactly. So we don't know why there's lizards in these birds' eggs. So they go to the Springfield Bird Watchers and uh, get to the bottom of it, I guess. Now, uh, people, there's been some confusion about our bird sighting rules. You cannot count birds that you've seen at the zoo, on stamps, or in dreams. Well, I'm back to square one. Mm. My God, a pigeon. That's the latest bird on my list. <laughs> so long, suckers. Excuse me, can you tell us what kind of birds these are? They hatched from eggs I found in a nest. <gasps> Good heavens. I'm very glad you brought those in, Bart. I'll just get those killed and you can be on your way. <gasps> Wait, what the heck are you doing? My civic duty, that's what. Bolivian tree lizard? Mm-hmm. It's a vicious oviraptor. It feasts on bird eggs and lays its own eggs in the nest. The unsuspecting mother bird cares for them until the babies hatch and devour her, too. Ha-ha-ha! <laughs> what a chump! It's already wiped out the dodo, the cuckoo, and the nene, and it has nasty plans for the booby, the titmouse, the woodcock, and the titpecker. How vile! 
Okay, I'm pretty sure I'm familiar with all of those species except for the tit pecker. I was too lazy to look it up, but does anyone know that's a real bird? Absolutely, Matt. Okay, phew. That's my new favorite bird, right after the blue-footed blue booby. I'm going to open up, I open up my uh, Audubon uh, magazine that I have right next to me, and there's a big full-color page spread of the titpecker. Uh, good to know, good to know. Also, the lizards are not responsible for the death of the dodo, and those other two birds, spring, uh, Skinner listed, are not extinct. So, the nene and that's true. the whatever it was. Those are not extinct birds either. The dodo died in the 1600s because of like deforestation and in other invasive species. Not not this fake lizard the, the Simpsons invented. Well, that's the last <laughs> time I go to the Simpsons for ornithology. <laughs> also, I do like the fact that Jasper's, Jasper is a bird watcher only so that he can have seen all the birds. And then when he has done that, he is done with bird watching forever. Yep, he has seen all of the birds. All and then his soul is free. Yeah, exactly. Now he is able to die. <laughs> That's the only thing else holding him back. So I also really true. like Julie Kavner's line read for how vile. <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> sells her disgust at that those names very well. <laughs> so they want to murder these poor lizards. Uh, <laughs> with with a, a paper cutter. First a Just paper cutter awful. and then a drill. Then, then it has to be a gas. It has to be a brutal and and disgusting way to kill these poor poor little animals. Uh, obviously, Bart doesn't want uh, Chirp, Bart Junior and Chirpy. What was his name? Chirpy Boy. Chirpy obviously, Boy. he doesn't want Chirpy Boy and Bart Junior hurt, uh, and he refuses to give up his lizards. Uh, Marge and Bart have a heart to heart. Look, Skinner, we haven't got all day. Kill the horrid beasts. And do away with their lizards. No, don't hurt them. I'll just keep them as pets. Oh, they might escape and breed. The law is very clear on this. They must be exterminated as quickly and gruesomely as possible. No, they're mine. I'm sure we can work this out. He's just a child. Let me talk to him. All right, I'll give you a moment. That'll give us time to prepare for the splatter. Bart, I'm sorry, but there's nothing we can do. Your lizards are banned by federal law. Everyone thinks they're monsters, but I raised them and I love them. I know that's hard to understand. Mm, not as hard as you think. Mm. Run for it. Really? Okay, that's exactly one moment. It... <laughs> Oh, my God, he's getting away. <laughs> Stop him. Very sweet moment for Marge why, Bart. Why, did, why does the, the Bird Watching Society have goggles and a drill ready to go exactly? Matt, they have to be Seems ready. A weird. They have to be ready for those lizards. That's true. If they ever showed up, they have to be killed immediately. They have to, I. My thoughts is that this is not the first time they've seen these lizards. That's true. If, if who has been importing donuts that long, uh, I mean, there's I, no telling what kind of. I'm. <laughs> I have a feeling species. that they've had they've done this ritual before, where they've had drills and paper cutters ready for Bolivian tree lizards that they've caught while bird watching. I assume, or other invasive species. I'm sure there's lots. Nope. Who, who knows what other species the gruesomeness law covers? <laughs> the gruesomeness law. It has to be. It has to be very gruesome. But I, I don't I like obviously like this gets right to the heart of the matter in that we finally see that oh Bart is now the mother 
of these two little lizards and or the mom, bless Fruity that way. The mom of these two lizards <laughs> and Marge is just ex- almost explicitly telling him like, yeah, that's the part of motherhood is like sometimes the things that you are responsible for that you've raised, people might not like them. They might call them monsters even. And you might not stop loving them just because of that. You know, your, your emotional connect, connection to them and attachment to them has nothing necessarily like it is sometimes in despite of their behavior. And like, I especially like this is because she tells Bart to run. She tells Bart to like, she knows what the right thing is. The right thing is to kill these, this invasive species, but instead she disobeys. She does what Bart would do in this situation. You know, she does the, the rebellious thing. You know, Marge is not necessarily a rebel. She generally follows. At this point, it's very obvious that Marge is a neutral good. (laughs) I I think we can all agree on that. I think this particular episode, she's neutral. Good. Uh, I think mostly she's lawful good. She uh, Skinner, I think we, we can all agree would be lawful neutral. No, 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 no evil, no good, just whatever the law is. He can get. Yeah, yeah. If I if I die, tell my wife I said hello. The, exactly. <laughs> if he had a wife, we're not there yet. <laughs> not quite. Or, Go ahead, Andrew. I was gonna say, what, what I really like about this scene is that I feel like one of the big themes of this episode is that neither Bart nor Marge can resist their true nature. Bart tries to be like Nelson. He tries to be boundless and limitless and finds that he's pulled back by the moral ties that Marge has instilled in him. And Marge tries to be a little like Mrs. Muntz. Like she tries to be a hands-off, do-whatever-you-want parent. And she says, you know, I don't know and I don't want to know. And I'm going to find out. She can't resist being the kind of mother who looks in and, and cares about her son. But to your point, Robbie, what's really interesting about this scene is there's also little bits of one another in Marge and Bart. Like at the same time, they can't resist being themselves. They can't resist reflecting the impact that each has made on the other. Whether for Bart, if that's caring about something, even if nobody else does or nobody sees it the way you do. And for Marge, it's being a little bit of a troublemaker when you have to. So Bart runs. Uh, not very. He runs so far away. It doesn't, he doesn't actually, <laughs> he doesn't actually run that far away because he's just hiding under stairs. Uh, and they quickly find him. He runs further uh, up the stairs, up to the roof, where they are cornered, where he doesn't, he has nowhere else to go, and uh, has to make a choice about uh, what to do with the lizards. Okay, Bart, this is where it ends. Relinquish the lizards. <laughs> I said relinquish. <laughs> 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 Good riddance to bad lizards. Hmm. Hey! Whoa, look at him! Go, Chirpy Boy! Go, Bart Jr.! Oh, nuts! Wow, did you know they had those web flaps for gliding? Yes, but I was hoping they didn't know that. <laughs> well, you know, uh, instinct can only do so much. Some things <laughs> have to be taught. Unfortunately for Skinner, lizards are a lower life form, and the vast majority of their behaviors are, you know, ingrained. They're not learned. I I had to include Skinner hoping that the lizards yeah, right. would forget that they had wings. Uh, <clears throat> so the lizards escape. Uh, I This is, I think, where basically where the episode starts to like fall apart a little bit but like the ending is 
what makes me from keeping it in the same category as March Be Not Proud. And it, it, it starts basically right here because the lizards escape and, and Bart is and is happy because oh, his, his boys are, are safe. But there's an invasive species around and we're so, and you know, there's theoretically there'd be repercussions. Except there are no repercussions uh for anyone. So and instead actually there's a reward. Bart is rewarded for helping this invasive species thrive. Our top story, the population of parasitic tree lizards has exploded, and local citizens couldn't be happier. It seems the rapacious reptiles have developed a taste for the common pigeon, also known as the feathered rat or gutter bird. For the first time, citizens need not fear harassment by flocks of chattering disease bags. Or decimating our pigeon population, and making Springfield the less oppressive place to while away our worthless lives, I present you with this scented candle. Well, I was wrong. The lizards are a godsend. But isn't that a bit short-sighted? What happens when we're overrun by lizards? No problem. We simply unleash wave after wave of Chinese needle snakes. They'll wipe out the lizards. But aren't the snakes even worse? Yes, but we're prepared for that. We've lined up a fabulous type of gorilla that thrives on snake meat. But then we're stuck with gorillas. No, that's the beautiful part. When wintertime rolls around, the gorillas simply freeze to death. Hmm. I'm proud of you, boy. Mmm, <laughs> Berry. I don't get it, Bart. You got all upset when you killed one bird, but now you've killed tens of thousands and it doesn't bother you at all. Hey, you're right. I called the front seat. You had it on the way over. Hey. Yes, it ends. Two things. One, nihilist Joe Quimby is the best Joe Quimby, and uh, this, this proves <laughs> the one death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic, especially to Bart. Well, I don't really like that ending because it feels like they're trying to make a joke about that, but they don't quite get there. Like It, it feels like more of a Futurama ending where things can be a little harsher because it's a little cartoonier and it's the future and a little more outsized than even The Simpsons, but it, it kind of feels like they're nodding towards something without actually like taking the time to engage with it or really make a full joke out of it. That's uh, very accurate. I was going to say, it feels a little harsher than a Simpsons ending should. I mean, I think it is in, like, I feel like the Simpsons do do that. Hey, here's a, like, a subversive joke to kind of undercut the tender moment, like, so that we have both. We have, like, hey, this, like, sweetness between the family, but hey, there's actually a joke at the end. But... I don't feel like they've earned it this time. I feel like they ne- like it never coalesces into a concrete package. You know, you have when I we've been comparing this to Marge Me Not Proud, you think the ending on Marge Me Not Proud is perfect. It is one of the best endings I think of any episode. It is Marge, you know, getting the she, you know, Bart reveals that he has a picture his picture frame and he paid for it and she in return has given him a gift, a video game just like he wanted, and then it turns out it's the golfing game and and Bart doesn't throw a tantrum, Bart happily accepts it, puts on a brave face for it. And it that is like a perfect 
summation of that episode. It 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 it, it, it coalesces everything that is in the theme and in the characterization into a perfect little package. But in this, it is it's true. It, what are you gonna say, Matt? No, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, you're right, because in that case, the joke doesn't undercut the sweetness. It's just like, oh, that's that's still sweet and kind of funny. Whereas in this case, the sweetness is heavily cut off at the knees by the joke. I, I just I wish that it could. It just doesn't quite nail the landing. It's just it's just something there. It doesn't feel right. It It's not the rest of this episode isn't about like invasive species or whatever. Like it's it, it doesn't talk about how. We, oh, actually. Uh, Bart is actually a terrible monster and he's going to destroy everything and we don't actually have to worry about it because the society will and death will fix everything, I guess. That's, death uh, is always the answer. A little rough <coughs> about gorillas freezing to death is a little too uh, a little too cynical for my tastes. Well, and, and Matt, you mentioned that you remembered disliking this episode. And I, I remembered liking it and not loving it and got 95% of the way through and went, I don't know why I thought this was, you know, a good, not great episode. And then you get to that last minute or so, and it just kind of strikes a sour note that walking away from it makes the episode feel a little lesser than it was for most of its runtime, at least in my book. No, I agree. I And I, I think that it is ultimately, like, I am, Mars Be Not Proud is executed perfectly i i like the idea behind this episode more frankly i like the idea of bart actually becoming a mother of bart actually understanding marge to a deeper degree but it's not as executed as well it is not they 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 get 95 percent of the way there as you say and then they fumble on the one yard line and it just kind of it you you know they they recover it and kick a field goal they got three you know Maybe maybe that's all right. Maybe they only needed three. It's true. Maybe maybe they went for the extra point instead of the uh, this, the um, going for two. Oh, an- analytics says you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Depending <laughs> on the game situation. Oh, okay. we're not getting win probabilities, football win probability uh, discussion going on here, Andrew. I'm sorry, this is not that type of podcast. I have standards. Save it for, <laughs> save it for Lisa. The sure Greek. you do. Yeah, Lisa the Greek. Exactly. Lisa would all be about all that win probability and uh, and wars and all kinds of numbers. Overall, I think it is that, like what you said, it is a very good. Not quite great. It's just it, it is just right on the precipice, and I think a better ending would put it in that that heralded great territory. But it just doesn't quite get there. I, I can think of a better ending. Uh, it turns out the elderly uh, love the lizards, and, and they make great companion pets. So that's what happens. They just the, the lizards move into the, the nursing home, like Jub Jub. <laughs> exactly. They do look a lot I like, like that. They look a lot like Jub Jub. <laughs> The animators can only draw one kind of lizard. <laughs> I guess, yeah. They're like small jub-jubs, really, is what these guys look like. Um, Jub-jub doesn't have wings, though. He's just a normal iguana. Well, yeah. That we know of. <laughs> I guess that's it's true. Fair. We haven't had the jub-jub origin story, have we? We just know he's I don't a... think so. I haven't... Have we... That'll has come Jub... in season 30. I... Has Jub-jub even, like, surfaced lately? I can't remember him in any recent episodes. It's been, like, ten seasons since we saw Jub-jub. <laughs> yeah, poor Jub-jub. Just not in demand anymore. Uh, this is a long time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we will rank it at the end of the show. Uh, there are no submissions for this for my favorite episode ever. If you do have a favorite episode, simply submit it to Pod at gmail.com explaining why a certain episode is your favorite. And I'll read it when we get there. Uh, next up, it is time for our next segment. It's time for Cops on the News Group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. 
Constant News Scoop is where I comb through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group, see what people were talking about the week or two after an episode debuted, what they thought of the episode, anything else that pops up. Very, very different ideas about this episode. I can see that. It seems like a very divisive episode. People who, who like the the screwball comedy probably would not be as into this episode as people who are, are in for the schmaltzy stuff, as they say. Some... There... Go ahead. Andrew. There were a lot of people who didn't care for Marge Be Not Proud, if I remember correctly. It makes sense that they wouldn't respond to this episode either, that contingent. Yeah, and I think that's where the, the battle lines lay, is that there are some people who absolutely love it. Uh, you know, like Return to Form and best episode in a couple seasons even, which... I, I don't know if I would go that far, but very it's we have said very good. But then also like oh it's a the, the, all about Marge and Marge is bad. I believe that is actually someone did say Ugh. that they don't like wise don't have episodes about Marge at all. I'm okay. That's nice. You're a nice person, aren't you? Um, Ted Cruz. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> a different. That's the new type of fan in there, but. It's just, I don't know. Even I believe there is even like a worst episode ever guy for this one. Which wow, that's that's a I'm, who hurt you? Are you are you Nelson? <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Munz spawned to life. That's a little. It's a bridge too far for me to even to say worst episode ever for this. This is it's so good hearted. I don't know. At least until the last minute, I I don't know how you could be so angry at it. But uh, maybe they're just an anti lizard activist. That must be it. They hate lizards. Stupid lizards. They're just an angry 15-year-old. Everyone knows the younger you are, the more you like things that are evil and, and, and I mean, well, maybe not evil. It's just Skinner. Upsetting to they're, they're just purists. They just like they're just identify with Skinner. They're like, yeah, kill those lizards. They're bad. Bad lizards. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people mourning Phil Hartman, officially, because this is his last uh, speaking appearance on the show. A lot of people talking about Phil Hartman, of course. Um, a lot of people don't know what skee-ball is. Weird. How... How can you not know what skee ball is? That's a darn good question. I'd like to know. Are they from overseas? Is it maybe an American thing? Maybe. I didn't see that in, in the contingent, but maybe that maybe that is why. I had an opportunity one at there was an arcade closing down, and I visited it, and they are selling a skee ball machine. I should have bought that skee ball machine. How much was said skee ball machine? Six hundred dollars. That's a lot, but still, skee ball is a lot of fun. And we had no place to put it. And and it was six hundred dollars, but that's on discount from what it was. It was like originally twenty four hundred, and they marked it down to six hundred because no one was buying the gigantic ski ball machine. But I should have bought the ski ball machine and yeah, just bought it, put it in storage somewhere or something. Because then I ultimately I'd have a ski ball machine. Should have bought a ski ball machine. Uh, then because then you'd have it, and then I'd have it, of course. So I need to have things. Then you bring it to Canada with you. Yeah, I could take it. I wonder what the import export on that on a ski ball machine is. <laughs> Uh, and then also, ultimately, uh, finally, uh, in the, the news group, people arguing about the falling downstairs gag and the nature of physical comedy and why it's funny. And some people obviously d- differ on what and how. And there's nothing better about comedy than discussing why things are funny, especially bits about Homer hey, falling downstairs. That is an important part of comedy is to help uh, – that, that's how comedy advances is people understand why people laugh and why certain people laugh and other people don't. It's important to do, Robbie. Don't don't disparage the study of comedy. How about uh, – well, one, I would not call people arguing on a news group study. Hey, you never know. Maybe they did in their spare time. <laughs> well, my education – There's some literature professor lurking in the Simpsons news group. Well, I'm sure there probably was. What were you saying, Andrew? I just said if, if – 
uh, arguing in news groups doesn't count as study that I'm, I guess my education is worthless. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it for the news group uh, for this week. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, how would you reboot The Simpsons? Uh, lots of good answers. I uh, appreciate everyone who took the time. Also got a lot of answers of, I wouldn't. And uh, Guys, I know. I know that's the law. Lo- I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I, but part of the question was, like, you have to. Yeah, they're going to do it with or without you. So it, I would rather be a part of it to at least guide it in the, the, the uh, proper direction. Um, but yes, I agree. Their correct answer is don't. But that hasn't stopped Hollywood from rebooting. Hollywood. Hollywood, of course. Uh, first from Aaron. Shortly after the airing of 22 short films about Springfield, there was talk about creating a spinoff show called Springfield Stories that would focus on side characters. I think that would be a good way of rebooting a show without too many concerns about a betrayal of the main cast, especially since that's never, ever happened before. Winky face. Never. They've never done that. Nope, never. Never. Uh, from Nathan, uh, something akin to what South Park have done. I've not watched the recent Simpsons series, but by all accounts, you guys, there's a fair few decent episodes. True. Uh, reduce the number of episodes in a season so they can be more selective about what they're producing. Maybe consider reducing more obvious continuity, again, like South Park. So we'll allow the runners to alter the show just enough that things will seem fresh, even if it's just at cosmetic level story-wise. I'm not talking about bumping off major characters and becoming an animated Game of Thrones. Well, I agree. That's about I. I think, I don't know. I think continuity is kind of ultimately what is, is different. Um, John's answer include a robot driving instructor who travels back in time for some reason. <laughs> uh, Justin, step one, hire the writers from the golden age era. Step two, set the series 20 or 20 odd years from season four, with the view that Homer was in a coma after the Duff beer can explosion and all subsequent episodes only existed in Homer's head. Step three, collect underpants. Step four, question marks. Step five, profit. Uh, Tom, uh, the Roseanne Gambit. <laughs> Tom, I think they need to get back to the roots. The show used to be more set in reality. Now they do such crazy and outlandish things that it seems like they are ripping off Family Guy's style shock humor. I also believe the best episodes have The Simpsons grounded in Springfield. Most episodes traveling to other countries just aren't that funny. I know The Simpsons can be funny again because when they are at their lowest, the movie provo- proved they could still make good jokes. True. Mike, an alternate timeline where Mona and Lisa Simpson go on rebellious adventures. I'm Ooh, I like that. I'm, I'm it's done. like Extreme X-Men or X-Files. Uh, from D, uh, make every episode about Homer going to a different restaurant and eating everything in the restaurant, and then they have to close the restaurant. <laughs> uh, for Mitch, I would make uh, Behind the Laughter the reboot and continue the show as if the previous episodes had been the been acting and the new episodes followed the real Simpson family after the show had been canceled. That's a good idea. Uh, Hippie Longstocking at Dark Ellis. Uh, hire Danny DeVito and make a series about Herb Powell. Lucky Herb. Uh <laughs> I'm all I'm anything that hires Danny DeVito. I am for that's he's a delightful man. Uh, Tony at Hossing Rivers definitely have aging play a major role provides for tons of new plot lines and meeting new characters as the kids grow up. Also limit eliminates retconning shame. They didn't do that much earlier. We could have had the kids in their twenties by now. Uh, finally read at uh, uh, Stu chains age everyone eight to 10 years to make the show about Maggie. Uh, Matt, what's your answer? You know, uh, my answer might be a little controversial depending on your feelings about certain shows, but I would uh, like to see a uh, 
I hate to call it a prequel, but essentially what it is, it's it's what happened before the way we was. It'd be a combination of that 70s show and How I Met Your Mother. Uh, basically, it would be set you know, in the 70s when Marge and Homer were in high school. Uh, you would obviously have Lenny and Carl. Marge would have some friends. And it would basically be how they met uh, from, from both sides. I mean, obviously, we had the way we was, so we know how they met for the most part. But w- what were they like before that? And, you know... Obviously, uh, previous uh, Springfieldy nights would uh, pop in from time to time. We could see Skinner as a kid, maybe when he first gets back from Vietnam, kind of thing. And you know, Frank would be there, and, and Chief Wiggum, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Just little things like that. Andrew, I'd watch it. Andrew, what's your answer? So my answer is: first off, no, don't do it for the love of God. Why? But if you have to do it, uh, I, I guess I took reboot more uh, pretty literally. I would say do it over in live action, but keep it in a cartoony world with a visual style that's a cross between the Dick Tracy movie and something like Blue's Clues. I think it would force the show to get creative in its presentation, but still allow them to preserve the lunacy of Springfield while doing something that is instantly visibly different from what the show that we know now is. Yeah, I I think I would... I think I would want yeah hire I would hire weirdos. I would hire one hire like Steve Buscemi, not Steve Buscemi, like co- comedy writers, but people who have done oddball stuff in the past few years, or, or like, and have them assemble a team uh, of you know like-minded individuals who don't necessarily care if they adhere to any kind of normal television show. And also, I would age. I would have the show be about. Yeah, Maggie. Like, have her be a millennial and have kids of her own, and she has older sister and brother, and yeah, yeah. So you'd fuller house it. I mean, yeah, but I think I would try it. I try and like keep it traditional in that it it still focus on the Simpsons, still be animated, and just have them be older, and so we can focus on you know like we could have Maggie with you know people roughly our age and current prop like social stuff and then her kids would be you know generation z and younger dealing with things and then we could also have i think counteract that with non-traditional like having weirdo comedy people like eric andre or something have run the show and you know maybe have a some people with you know animation have matt grading be there and engaged and like tell them hey Make this like Life in Hell. Remember Life in Hell when that that weirdo co- uh, comic you drew for a long time? You know, go back to that. I'm I'm too rich and corpulent to remember Life in Hell now. <laughs> corpulent. Oh man, that's harsh. I am I'm I'm interested in that new show, that Matt Granny's new show, the the Netflix show. I want to see what that is. I am too. But yeah, I mean, Futurama is good for a while. Just say it's it's been a long time since he was a young and hungry alternative. A comic writer. That's very true. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a, a bit. Now he's quite wealthy. Um, next week's question: What is your favorite bit of physical comedy from the show? I think I know mine, but I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to think about it. There's a lot of really great physical gags throughout the history of the show. I will put this question on social media on Facebook.com/slash The Simpsons Show Pod on Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod, and again you can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com uh like us and follow us and do those things social media words uh we can move on to our next segment it's time for the no google trivia challenge i am too smart i am too smart 
S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Go Go Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. Um, for, I'm currently winning uh, by a point for what that for what's that worth after two episodes. So I'm relishing in my in my in my corpulence, my crapulence. <laughs> uh, I'll start us off, Matt. You ready? I am ready for an easy question. These are all from Bart's dog gets an F. Ooh, okay, old school. Your easy question: Lisa is sick with what illness? I believe it is the mumps. That is correct. All right, Whew. you wasted the chicken pox. All right, don't waste the mumps. <laughs> all right, uh, your your first uh, question: uh, Who does the voice of number one in the Stonecutters? It'd be John Luke Picard, Patrick Stewart. Indeed. Make it so. <laughs> your medium question, Matt. Who calls Homer to complain about Sia's little helper in her splashing around in her pool? What is it? I want to say it's Cynthia Winfield, Mrs. Winfield. Is that your final answer? Yeah. You're very close. Uh, is it Winthrop? That's that's Winthrop is the name of the uh the the dog school instructor. That's the oh, right, voice right. by Tracy Ullman. Her name is Sylvia Winfield. Oh, my bad. Jeez. Uh, I'm going to have to get harder on this. You're being really strict this season. Matt, it's the only way I can even compete with you. It's the only way. Fine. Fine. Are right, you ready for your medium question? I am. In Bart After Dark, what type of business do a- only Abe and Jasper seem to know exists in Springfield? Uh, the Bordello. Dang. I thought that would be harder for you. I would... Okay, I'm not going to make any jokes about that. Your, <laughs> your hard question, Matt. Uh, Homer goes to, the, to uh, the newsstand to buy some magazines for Lisa while she is sick. He sees, we see nine of them on the newsstand. Name six of those magazines. Six of them? Jeez. Okay, uh, I believe there is Teen Dream, Teen Scream. Uh, hmm. That's all I got. I, I can't think of any more than that. Okay, there are, and these are really good. I wish they called more attention to them in the episode. You have, uh, you have Teen Dream, Teen Scream, Teen Steam, ah. Teen Spleen, <laughs> Teen Teen Scheme, Teen Beam, Teen Stars, Non-Threatening Boys Magazine. Oh, how did I forget that one? And finally, Martin Sheen's Teen Scene. <laughs> so I, I should have just said teen in words that rhyme with teen. Good to know. I exactly, pretty much. Yes, that's that is the right way to. I uh, teen good, Sheen, teen, teen Martin Sheen's teen scene. That's fair. Yeah, I guess they, they preempted me on that one. Say that five times fast. <laughs> All go. right, your hard question. Uh huh. What is the entire Stonecutter initiation kit? Oh God, initiation kit. Yeah, all the things Homer gets when he becomes a stone. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, uh, he gets the true number, emergency for emergencies, nine one two, not nine one one. He gets a sticker on his car, uh, so that uh, the cops won't pull him over. Uh, he gets the uh, the shortcut through the tunnel. I don't it, like an emitter, like a garage door thing. I think that opens up the shortcut. Mm-hmm. Um. I think he gets a fancy he gets a fancy chair at work. I don't know if that's actually in that kit or not, but I know he gets the fancy chair because that's the whole reason he wants 
to join the Stonecutters in the first place. Um, I'm missing something. There's something else he gets. Probably. He gets a better parking spot, but they give him rollerblades in the meantime. Um, and he gets... That's all I got. I can't think of anything else. You are so close. Uh, there's one more thing. What is uh, it? You got... Uh... It is the card to keep paramedics from stealing his wallet. Oh, yeah. I am really impressed, Rob. You really brought it today in the trivia. I I have to redouble my efforts to, to stand up against the stalwart giant that is Matt. Mm-hmm. So, Andrew, generally you, you come with some prepared material to, ch- to challenge us. And I come again with such material, okay. such as it is. Okay. Hit, Who hit, wants to go first? Go start with Matt. Okay, Matt, your easy question. What is Principal Skinner's mother's name? By the way, the theme my theme was mothers in keeping with the episode. To give you guys a hint. Uh, her name is Agnes Skinner. That is correct. Robbie, your easy question. What is Millhouse's mother's name? Luann. That is also correct. Matt, your medium question. What nickname does Agnes Skinner use to refer to her son in The Crepes of Wrath? Uh, I believe it's Spanky. You are correct. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Good nickname. Yeah. Robbie, your medium question. What term does Mr. Burns use to refer to his mother in Homer the Smithers? Oh, gosh. Ah, <laughs> uh, I can I think about. Why couldn't you give me the Spanky question? I knew that one. Uh, <laughs> um. I can, I can think, I can, I remember Smith, Smith, all she knows how to do is call and talk. Okay, um, uh, like, I don't remember. Is it like decre- decrepit a windbag or something like that? I don't remember. Uh, the correct answer is Mater. Mesa. Mater? I don't remember I, that whatsoever. I believe it's the German word for mother, if I'm not mistaken. And there's no one who speaks German could be able Indeed, especially not Mr. Burns. Nope. Matt, your hard question. Okay. In in Lady Bouvier's Lover, Marge's mom is looking through old photographs with Abe and remarks on how the boys used to pay attention to her and how it would drive her friends crazy. Name two of the friends that she mentions to Abe. Ooh, um, okay. I remember the scene, but the names just aren't coming to me. You're human after all. Apparently, yeah. I got nothing. Uh, they're just not there. Robbie, do you want to no, enlighten us? No, I don't know. <laughs> you crazy? <laughs> okay, well, the the answers are uh, Zelda Fitzgerald, Francis Farmer, and little Sylvia Plath. <laughs> of course, she hung out with the Lost Generation. <laughs> Indeed. Robbie, your hard question. Uh-huh. In Mother Simpson... Bart finds a set of fake IDs listing various aliases for Mona Simpson. Name three of them. Uh, I've already asked him this. You better oh, have you? right, Robbie. Right. My bad. <laughs> no, but that doesn't. Again, you guys don't still get them wrong. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys don't understand. Like, you don't have to worry. Like, I, I, Matt has himself repeated questions to me, and I've still gotten them wrong. I Muddy May Suggins. I remember that, that one. I, that one easy. I remember Muddy May Suggins. Uh, um, like, uh, Mona, like she uses Mona and then another last name, I think one time, uh, Mona 
I don't know. I can't think of any others except Money by Seconds. <laughs> it's the best of them. If you're going to remember one, it's the one to remember. Matt, do you want to enlighten us on this turn? Oh, Lord. Uh, I believe it's uh, Martha Stevens, uh, Mona, uh, not Mona, that's her actual name, uh, Mona Stevens. Stevens. Uh, Penelope Olsen. Uh, obviously Penelope Olsen. Duggins, um, that's all I can remember. I, I can go look it up on my spreadsheet if I really have to. <laughs> the only one you get, so it's Muddy Mae Suggins, Penelope Olsen, Mona Stevens, and the only one you guys missed is Martha Stewart. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Martha Stewart. Well, Matt was uh, behind me today until someone helped him. <laughs> someone helped. Oh, did, did those actually? <laughs> well, good. Helped his cause. Turning a Chernobyl into a mere three-mile island. <laughs> well, I live to give. Yeah, I'm still one point ahead. I remain a single point ahead. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with is a time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. So, Matt, we are here. Once again, we've said it's not as good as I, well, I agree. I think here, I will say, I think it is better that it is not as, let's say, I think Marge Be Not Proud is better. I would definitely agree. Uh, like you said, it's the ending that really throws this off. Uh, it, it's close, but you know, it's, it's one of those. Yeah. I would say it, it's, it's in that very good tier. True. So not below number 50. Would you agree? 50. In the top 50, I should say. Uh, I mean, I think it could be in the 40s, maybe. Probably in the 50s somewhere. Okay. It's hard to probably. say. Okay. Number 40 is Mountain of Madness. Number 50 is Deep Space Homer. Is this better than Deep Space Homer? I don't think so. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's, it's tough, right? <laughs> I think Deep Space Homer is better. I, I, it's a close call, I think, in that regard. I, I But I think Deep Space Homer... Like, I, I just think back to, like, Cohesion. And I think at the end of the day, D Space Homer nails it. It has another one of those really great endings that ties the episode together. And I think it ends up tying this the episode. Like I think all things being equal, besides the ending, those episodes, these episodes are pretty close, you know, together. Um, I don't know if this episode, even with the great ending, is better than Marge Me Not Proud, but I think this weird discorded ending does hurt it a lot. I think Deep Space Homer is better. I think. It, you don't have to go ver- much further down before I start. Like Homer the Smithers. Like I think it's better than Homer the Smithers, which is at 53. I, I would definitely agree. I, I think it really comes down to, is this better than Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 2? That's the tough one for me. I I don't know. Like, I think they share. Like, I think Mr. Burns Part, Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 2 is, is a little bit anticlimactic after the, like, the all the... T- tension and like tremendous mystery of part one i think ultimately it is better maybe just a little bit just because of like how i think complicated and tricky like they actually did construct a real mystery with like real answers to everything there's Mm -hmm. no like there's red herrings but they all make sense like every single culprit in who shot mr burns part one and two ends up having a reasonable like explanation about why and what they did and why they think it's Smithers and then Homer and then it's why it's Maggie at the end. Like that all makes sense and I think that's a really difficult thing to do. It's very funny. It's a little hard to judge because it is a part one and part two. You know, we have them separate. 
but I think this is just below that. I would definitely agree. Uh, that's that's pretty much where I would put it as well. What do you think, Andrew? I think that fits. It's it's definitely in that good, not great territory, and I think that's right about the sweet spot for it. Bartha Mother, number fifty three on the list, which is a pretty pretty good spot, honestly. Uh, thinking about everything that's above it, um, right up, it is right above Home of the Smithers and right below Who Shot Mr. Burns Part Two. Uh, number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last on our list is Homer's Odyssey. Our next episode is Treehouse of Horror. Ooh. Where I'm not stoned with the toupee. The hell water. toupee? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. That is that is in that episode. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, we'll break them out, rank them individually. Um, I think that'll do it. For us, uh, before we go, Andrew, uh, plug some stuff. Where sh- what should the people check out? Well, first off, I want to thank you guys for having me as always. Uh, it's always tons of fun. Uh, you can check out my writing as part of Consequence of Sound's new expanded TV and film coverage, where we'll be covering season two of Jessica Jones, the Oscars, and a whole lot more. And please check out Consequence's new podcast called TV Party, hosted by Allison Shoemaker and Clint Worthington. Uh, has special guests like yours truly and covers everything in TV really well. Uh, you can also find links to all my writing from across the web at my website, theandrewblog.net. Well, I'll have a review of Bart the Mother that'll go up at the same time as this episode. And you can also find me on the latest episode of a little podcast called The Serial Fanaticist, hosted by some guy named Robbie Dorman, where we went back and forth about the first season of Star Trek Discovery. So please check that out. And, and guys, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. I uh, Andrew has a review of Bart the Mother. We'll, we'll have it up by the time you're listening to this. And it's very good. I read it today. It's uh, excellent as all his writing is. She do all those things. I'll have links to the, I don't know about all of it. I'll have links to most of that stuff in the show notes. And uh, they'll do it. I'm on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Check out my other podcast, Handsome Boys Comics Hour, about comic books. And the Zero Fanaticist, uh, it's about nerdy things. And like Andrew said, our last, the, the, the most recent episode, we talk about Star Trek Discovery and why it's bad. Or, or promising. You know, you know it, it's hard to have a Star Trek show that's both Star Trek and good. So, you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shots fired. Or should I say phasers fired? I mean, no, ooh, I shouldn't say that. How many Star mind. Trek, if you look at how many Star Trek shows have been, how many have been good? Uh, two out of. Six? Five? Six now. Well, including Discovery is six. Yeah. I haven't watched it, so I will okay, uh, reserve judgment. Uh, yeah, I know. Matt, Matt has watched Enterprise, Andrew. Matt is a brave soul. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I said. I said that's, that's how a, I would describe myself, that's yes. A, that's a command bridge too far for me. Uh, oh. oh. I know. I had to. But it's the only Star Trek with a dog. There's a dog in it? Yeah, Porthos. He, he gets a mention in the the JJ movies. Oh, okay. I am not uh, obviously not <laughs> paying that close of attention. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media unless a certain level of Patreon backer you will not find him. That's true. I have decided to move into the briny deeps where you can only message me by Morse code through depth charges. So good luck. That's a the Simpson shorts reference there, Matt. Proud of you. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, well, that will call it a day. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.